0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope that you enjoy this encouraging message. For more information on our church family, visit freechapel.org/oc. We're going to uh, we're going to jump straight into it, and uh, I'm going to um, I'm going to continue, uh, somewhat pivot a little bit, but continue also. With this theme, if you haven't been with us, we've been looking at the last, I think it's been probably five, six weeks now, we've been talking about God's purpose for our life. It's a, it's a cool topic to talk about because we all get excited because we all want to do something great here on earth, don't we? we? We understand that God has a purpose for us, that we get saved, uh, not just to set us up for an eternity, but we get saved so that God could actually do something in and through us right here and now. I want to do something. And so that's what we've been talking about purpose. And, and we've been looking at, at scriptures as God's been sort of guiding us through it. Um, and we've been discussing what it is to really live out the purpose of God for our life, that it's God's purpose that I really want to fulfil, not mine. And that can be sometimes where we confuse it. Sometimes we, we sort of integrate the two. And that's where we get lost. And more often than not, that's where we get frustrated when things don't happen in our life that we wanted to happen and we end up blaming God. That's why it's really important that we understand and we talked about it, we've been keep referring back to it because I think it's so important as a foundation for our life and it's the importance of that starting point of surrender. Remember how we talked about that? We talked about how your purpose has to begin with a surrendered life. So what I do in surrender is I give God my purpose what, what I want to do, I give God every dream that I have, every vision that I have, every idea that I've conjured up in my little imagination. And I submit that to God in faith, in knowing that God's purpose is better for my life than mine. Because no no eye has seen, no heart. You can even conceive. Your heart cannot even grasp the things, the Word says, that God has for you. So I don't know about you, but for me, I, I, now that I look at it through Scripture, I'm happy to surrender my purpose because I trust that God's purpose for my life is better than mine. So it starts with surrender. And so we looked at it and we began talking about a purpose. It's is living a full life. He came to give us life and life to the full. I want to maximize. This life that God has for me. I want to I wanna get to the end. I want God to say, well done, good and faithful servant. I want Him to say, you did it, bro. You did it. You crushed it. You you'd walked out every single thing that I had for you. I don't want to get up there and just be able to look back and say, man, you had a good crack at it, but you sort of missed it here, here and here. And you could have done that. And you could have done that. And you could have done that, but you chose that instead. And you could, I don't want to do that. So that's what we, we've been looking at. And so when we look at the life of Jesus, we look at the disciples. If you study the disciples and, and, and you look at what the disciples did, that they're, they're, the book of Acts really begins to unwrap a pretty amazing purpose that these disciples walked in. I don't know about you, but for me, sometimes I look at the book of Acts, really the book of Acts for the people of God should be pretty challenging for us. That we should read the book of Acts and look at what the early church did and then use that as a mirror to look at what we're doing and cause it to be somewhat, I know for me, it's somewhat of a challenge to think, man, if the disciples did that in Acts, Then, then maybe there's, maybe that's the level of purpose that God has for me. I know, I know it's, I know it's, it's a big thought. I know it's a little maybe presumptuous to think that maybe God could do the same things or similar to what he did through the disciples. Because I know those jokers were just as screwed up as what you and I are. So maybe it's not about how screwed up we are around, but maybe it's about how we're willing, how, what level we are willing to surrender that God will then use us and do something great, not just in me, but something so great through me. That's that's what I want. I want Him to do something through me. I don't just want Him to do something in me. I don't just want God to just bless me so that I could just be blessed. I don't want God to just pour out on my life so that I would be somebody that's full. I want God to not just do it in me, I want Him to do it through me. I want Him to bless me so that I can be a blessing. I want Him to put favour on me so I can give favour to others. I want Him to fill me so that I wouldn't be full, but I would over, Flow. That's purpose. That's what acts is all about. That's where you start to step into something that is bigger than yourself. That's why too many of us in the Western world, we are so, there is so much discontentment within the church. We are so, we, we are so self-absorbed when it comes to our Christian walk. We think this thing. Is about us. What am I going to get today? Rather than what can I give today? Maybe, maybe, I'm just putting to us, maybe that's where the church has missed the boat. Maybe that's why the church too often finds themselves on the back foot, trying to catch up, trying to regain territory that we lost. Maybe that's why, maybe because all the while we've been reading this scripture, we've been forgetting that it's not just about what He wants to do in me, He wants to do something through me. He wants to use me. So if we see this, that the disciples, these dudes walked in something. I'm amazed when I, when I read Acts, I'm amazed at, at because I know and and we read about I know how messed up they are. I know how messed up we know Paul. Paul was I mean you thought you had issues. This Paul, Paul when when Paul the apostle Paul, before he was Paul he was Saul. This joker was killing Christians. You thought you messed up this week. Come knock on my office door when you killed a couple of Christians said, please pray for me, I had a bad week. That was Saul. Yet God still did something miraculous through you. Peter, Peter, that dude, I love Peter. He gives me hope. <laughs> Cutting the ears off, dudes. Speaking out of turn. Sometimes I read about Peter in the Bible. I'm like, bro, shut up. Just shut up. But I love those stories. I love it because I love, I love, I love Thomas. He gets criticised, doesn't he? We, 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 we take a jab at Thomas every Easter, don't we? Doubting Thomas. I like Thomas. Because Thomas gives me hope. Thomas, when I read Thomas, Thomas is the one that that It inspires me, that story, a little bit because I think of all of the times that I catch myself doubting and I'm reminded that, that, that maybe with the issues of my doubt, God might still use me and do something supernatural through me despite my doubt if I would surrender. So I'm painting a picture for you because what I want to set up for us is not something that we're going to be able to... Deal with in its entirety today. I'm sort of calling this. This is a type of sermon. It's like a lob. It's like a tee-up sermon, just to, just to set it up, because we're going to step in in these in these you know what might be a couple of weeks leading up to Christmas, and begin to talk about the role of the Holy Spirit when it comes to. Our life and our purpose. Because I want you to understand something. God's purpose for your life is impossible without His power. God's purpose, your purpose for your life is possible without God's power. Because if it's your purpose, it's natural which means natural gifting, natural motivation, natural drive will get the job done. But when you understand that there is a purpose of God for your life that is not what you came up with, it's something that God came up with, then it's going to take the power of God to get it done. I feel good already. I feel good. I've got 20 minutes left, and I'm going to make every bit of it, every bit of it count. Is 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 understanding that his purpose is impossible without his power. So, can we read something in Acts real quick? Let's go to it. Acts, Acts, chapter one, and verse four. Acts, chapter one and verse four. And being assembled together, say together. He commanded them, do not depart. Don't separate. Stay together. Work together. Be, be unified. Acts 2, he says, when Acts 2 comes, and it talks about where, they were, where, where the Holy Spirit did fall, it says that they were all of one accord. What could God do with a church that was together? Together. They were together. They they may have they may be different colours and different creeds and from different backgrounds, but they were together. They 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 may have they may be from the different part of town, but they were together. They may drive different cars. You may have rolled in here with a beat up work truck or a Bentley, but but we're together. You may have this'll sting a bit, different political parties, but we're together different political parties, but we're together. Because the Bible said, he says that they were together. They were of one accord. Do you know what that means? It means one passion. What was it that pulled them all together? What is it that will unite the church and the body of Christ like never before? Not because we agree on everything, but we do agree on one thing and it's one passion and that is Jesus that we could be together, united together with our differences, with our issues, with our problems, with our diversity of backgrounds and languages and experiences and ideas that we could unite together under one passion. And He said, when they were, He said, don't depart from Jerusalem, but wait, say Wait. Wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me, you shall be baptised. for John, I'm sorry, baptised with water, but you shall be baptised with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Baptised with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. I'm astounded at this story that, you could not have a better setup for your purpose than walking with talking with and being taught by Jesus Christ himself like that's a pretty good training ground you know what i mean you would think you would think that that after a little bit of time with Jesus one on one you you would think that you would be ready to roll wouldn't you? You would think, Jesus, if I'm going to sit with you and you're going to talk to me one-on-one and you're going to talk the parables and preach sermons and we're going to bounce back and I'm going to ask you questions and I'm going to take notes and we're going to do this year after year and we're going to travel and we're going to hang out and we're going to eat food and we're going to have these conversations and you're going to teach and you, you would think after all of that that I would be ready to roll. I'll be thinking, let's, let's go, I'm loaded up, I've got everything, I've watched you do it, I've watched you do it, I've watched you guide me and direct me, let's go, let's go get something done, let's go do what it is that we've got to do. But Jesus doesn't say that to them, He doesn't just send them out. I'll be so frustrated at this point. He gathers them together and He says this, the word that we hate so much, He says, just wait, just wait. The reason why I think that word is so important for us to sit on for a minute, because what this word wait does is it speaks to the value that Jesus is putting in what it is that He's telling them to wait for. If Jesus is, is willing to delay the birth of the church for the sake of the Holy Spirit, that causes me to look at the Holy Spirit a little bit differently to what I think the way in which many Christians look at the Holy Spirit. It's not just an added extra. It's an absolute Necessity. I'm not telling you my thoughts, I'm telling you what scripture says. Jesus said, Don't do nothing. He probably had better English than me, he probably said, Don't do anything. And the disciples would have said, hang on, wait, wait, wait. What do you mean I'm ready to roll? Parables, you talked about the parables and, and the seed and the farmers. I'm ready to preach. What do you mean? I remember we watched you heal that guy. I'm going to go heal some people. I'm ready to roll. I've got a sermon. You know, Peter said to Jesus, Peter, Peter, Peter said to Jesus, Jesus, I've got this sermon. It's so bad. I'm ready to preach this. I'm going to go up to a mountain and I'm going to preach it. And Jesus said, oh, that's great. But wait, wait. I don't want you to do, listen, I don't want you to do a single thing. Nothing. Sit right there and do nothing but wait. I know I'm sitting on this a long time, I know, but I want you, I want you to see something here. Wait. Wait. Wait, you mean you mean everything that you've taught me, Jesus? You mean all of my natural gifting and my ability? You mean all of my passion and my drive and my diligence? You, you mean all, all of that? You're telling me to wait on all of that? Why? Why? What? What am I waiting for? I'm ready to roll. We don't like to wait, do we? We don't like to wait. If you say you like to wait, you're lying. <laughs> I'll pray for you after. For this analogy, Adam, if you got, Adam's got my phone. You got my phone there? Get my phone and get out. Open my notes. Go to my notes. My phone, my notes. It's it's dead? Love it when that happens. Let's do this. Let's try something different. Let's go. um, I can't get to notes. Go to open my, go to my Bible app. I know there's a Bible app on there. Go to a Bible app. It's what? My phone's dead. (laughs) You telling me, someone gave me that phone. What's an iPhone like that? You telling me there's a $1,000 phone and you can't even open my notes? You can't even go to Bible app on there? I know there's a Bible app on there. Don't tell me it's not. I've got a couple on there. All right, open my text messages. Let's do that. Huh? Adam, you're screwing up this whole sermon. <laughs> notes, no, you're telling me. So you're telling me, Adam, that's my phone. You're telling me. I know that there's notes on there. I know there's a Bible app. I know there's text messages. you tell me I can't get to any of it? didn't charge it. I didn't charge it. Let's try something else. Let's try something else. Adam, get my phone. Let's try something unspiritual, right? Let's go. I didn't get to watch Tyson's fight last night. So let's get up, get on my phone. And can you get me? Because I know phones can do this, can't they? You can do anything on your phone, can't you? The possibilities are endless. Let's, Let's pull up Tyson's fight. Come on. Let's watch a replay. Come on, Adam. Tell come on, Someone tell Adam, get, get make it happen, bro. You're a smart guy. They're cheering you on out here. Come on, get Tyson's fight. Who wants to watch the replay? All right, Adam, tell me this one. What about this? Let's, you, can you get me at least, get on my phone and tell me the weather for Sunday next week. Okay, can you tell me that? Adam, Adam, the manual says... That my phone can make calls, can do text messages. It says that I have access to the internet. It says I can check the weather. You know what you can do on your phone? You can take photos on your phone. You can do videos on your phone. My four-year-old son, he turned four today. He's worked out how to take photos on my phone. I have about 4,000 photos of our kitchen floor. On my phone, thanks to my son. Pass me the phone, Adam, come in. I'm sick of this, I gotta do it myself. Instead, it's, it's not that it doesn't have the potential, it's not that it doesn't have the purpose. It's not that don't tell me, this phone, listen, this phone, do you know what I could do on this phone? I could get a GPS right now on this phone. Listen, I could punch in a GPS on this phone right now that will connect to a stinker satellite in the sky that will follow me and tell me where I am. I could get on my social media. I could, I could listen. I could work the, I could work the stock exchange. I could make trades on my phone. The purpose and the potential is unlimited, but it's also useless unless it's connected to a power source. is, is hang on, Ben, I'm ready to go. Ben, don't you know the gifting I have? Don't you know how smart I am? Don't you know how driven I am? Don't you know the dreams I have? Don't you know the vision? Don't you know how much Scripture I have in my heart? Don't you know how good I am at preaching? Don't you know how great I am at being a dad, at being a mom, at being a businessman? That's all great and wonderful. But I want to tell you, I hate to break it to you. It is useless. Your purpose is activated in your life when it's connected to His power. Purpose, purpose, your purpose, your purpose, God's purpose for your life needs His power. The moment you disconnect from His power, your purpose becomes dormant. How many people are living with wasted purpose? This thing may as well be a paperweight if it's not connected to power. This is what it looks like. Trying to do life without the Holy Spirit. This is what it looks like. This, this right here, do you know how frustrating this is? Do you, every stinking button that I push, everything I try, that's a frustrating way to live your life. Knowing what's in you but having it remain in you and not flow out of you, knowing that the The dreams and the desires, having things within you that are stirring. And every time you get around church, every time you worship, something starts to to stir in you. And it's God reminding you that you're called to do something greater than just exist. You're called to usher in the supernatural power and presence of God here on earth, knowing that that's your purpose, but not being able to facilitate it. This, this is where too many Christians, this is where we're living. And the problem is, is we preach power, but we don't practice it. And do you know why that sucks so bad? It sucks so bad because lost people hear what we preach and they see what we don't practice. And they just walk right past the church because lost people don't want to just hear it. Lost people are lost. They need to see it. And as long as the church is willing to settle for a paperweight Christianity, that looks great on the surface, but does nothing in the Spirit. We are wasting valuable time and it's time for us as the church to value the gift of the Holy Spirit and say like Moses says, I refuse to go unless Your presence goes with me. God, I need Your power. I need Your power. I need your power. I need your power. I need to connect to your power. I need a church that's Powerful. I don't just need a community that just hangs out. I love community and there's power in community, but community in and of itself may as well be a sports club. I need the power of God. I need His power. I need His power. I don't need just musicians that will sing. I could get that in Hollywood. I can get that on iTunes. I need His power. I need somebody to get up here and not just sing. I need someone to do what our team does. I need somebody to worship. I need power. I need the power of God. I've got too much crap going on in my life that I've tried to deal with in my own strength and in my natural gifting and ability. And He doesn't cut it. I need His power. I need His power. I need His power. So, So I'm setting up. We've got two minutes to go. Next week, listen to me. Next week, I'm gonna introduce you to the Holy Spirit. My parents always told me, never go to anybody's house empty-handed. My my mom and dad always told me that. Whenever you go, bring something. Do you know that the Holy Spirit never shows up empty-handed? Next week, let me tell you something about. Next week, I'm going to introduce you to the Holy Spirit in a way that you've never seen before. This Joker is loaded up. You know what he's bringing? He's bringing gifts. Oh, I feel good. I'm ready to preach it now. Listen, listen, listen. He's bringing, he's bringing gifts. Some of you have seen some of the weirdest crap in your life in church, and you thought it was the Holy Spirit. No, it wasn't. It was just weird people. You know what we're going to do next week? Is I'm going to introduce, I'm going to reintroduce you to a Holy Spirit that you never knew. And we're going to listen. We're going to activate Hallelujah. the gifts, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But listen. We've got, to, we've, got to, we've, got to, we've got to connect. So what we do is we recognise many of you are here and you're hearing me. You're hearing me and, and this is sticking with you now. This, this visual is sticking with you and that's where you feel you are. So we make that decision. We say, Ben, I, I want to connect. I want to connect to His power. That's why I'm here at church, Ben. That's why I showed up today, bro. That's, that's, that's what I want. So this is what we do. We, we, we go, we show up to Free Chapel and we say, all right, God, let's do this, bro. Bang. All right, here we go. not working. What did you say, Sergio? What did you say? He said, wait. Hang on. Hang on. Acts 1. We read it. We read it. He commanded them, don't depart from Jerusalem. He said, but, but, wait. that's why we're missing out on activating the gifts of the Holy Spirit within us because we don't want to wait. I don't want to wait. I don't want to wait. I want it I, I now. Ben, I'm here in church. Let's go. Let's do this. One, two, three, go. Come on, God. I'm here. Let's, let's just, just do it. Fix it to Ch- change everything that's screwed up in my life make me good help me to do what you want me to do let let's go if you're like me when it comes to charging my phone I've got no patience <laughs> I've got no patience pray for me listen you know what I do I my phone dies, I plug it in. After I've looked at it and cast out my phone 12 times and it's still dead, do you know what I do? And the reason why I do that is What I'm doing, if if you didn't see, is if you're like me, you do it. I pull the, 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 I disconnect because it's taken too long. That's what so many Christians, that's where too many Christians fall away from God and give up on God and the plan of God and the purpose of God is not more often than not. I wanna tell you in most cases that I've seen, it's not because you hate God, it's simply because it took too long. I needed a breakthrough, it didn't happen, it took too long. I needed freedom, it didn't happen, it just took too long. I needed my miracle. I needed things to change, I needed my freedom, it took too long. And because it took too long, I disconnected from the very thing that will give me complete freedom. And that's His power. You didn't give up on God because you hate God. You gave up just because, man, it's taken too long. The word wait, if you look it up in the Greek, do you know what it means? It means to stay near. That's what He said to them. He says, "Stay close." The, the, the activating of his power has so much to do with proximity to his presence. Stay close. Stay close. There's more There's more happening while you're waiting, than you realize. But if you don't stay close you'll miss the very thing you've been waiting for. What my prayer was for this message, there's so much in in, in where we're going. My prayer was simply that we would walk away with a greater value or understanding the worth, how valuable the Holy Spirit really is. Because if I don't understand that, then it's not worth waiting for. If I see the Holy Spirit as an added extra, as a little icing on the cake, it's not worth waiting for. But the thought that I want to just tell you or that I just want to tell you this, you could call it my sermon title. It's worth the wait. It's worth the wait. I'm going to close, but Caressa and I have started a ritual every Sunday is very spiritual change your life we leave church with our two kids we do this religiously because I think it's powerful and we go straight from church to McDonald's drive through it's powerful it's powerful because McDonald's has the ability to take two screaming overtired out-of-control children and give them peace very quickly. And I believe wholeheartedly in it. Don't judge me, all of you vegan-fed, paleo-eating, juice-fasting, keto-loving, kale-fed fit people. (laughs) Do I cover all my bases there? But we just decided that it was just an easier option going home from church with the two kids, McDonald's drive-thru. So we'll pull into the drive-thru and 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 uh, the kids the kids will be going nuts. And we pull in and, you know, you get up to the window and what do they want? So Caressa just shouts the order across me because, you know, I don't know what I'm... I'm going to mess it up somehow. And we order we know, whatever we're getting. And kids are screaming. The little DVD player in the back of our car has been broken for a month. I mean, dear Lord, the closest thing to hell on earth is two kids under the age of three in a car for an extended period of time without a DVD player. Anyway, we're in the drive-thru. And then, and then if you're a parent... You feel my pain. You just need to get those cheeseburgers. It's gonna shut the kids up. Call me a bad parent, I don't care. Just shut up, shut up, shut up. Look at you parents leaning in right now. You are leaning in like never before. Singles have got no idea. They're judging us, but we know parents, don't we? There's a, type, there's a way in which you say shut up that expresses the pain that you feel. And as a parent, there's a tone and the pitch in which you say shut up that every parent gets and it's shut up, shut up. <laughs> so I say it to the lady in the window, I say, we get the cheeseburger, the, the Happy Meals and the, the food, the everything. They come back and she'll say, excuse me, sir, unfortunately there's gonna be a little bit of a Oh. Kill me now. What? What? So we pull forward and we pull into the little drive through waiting bay. And we sit in the waiting bay. We sit in the waiting bay and we get the kids are screaming. We get frustrated. We get angry. We get impatient. You've all probably at some stage you've been there before in the waiting room. But do you know what? Do you know what you've probably never done? You've never left. It'll be be a tough few minutes, and you get annoyed and you get agitated, and you think, what are they doing back there? Just a cheeseburger? You ever said that? You ever said this line when you're frustrated? I could do this quicker myself. You know, you're about to go back there. Give me the stinking flipper. I'll make this burger right now in front of you. I'll make 20 in the time it's taken you to do two. You don't like hearing preacher talk. I'm still saved, I promise. And we get frustrated, but we've never, you've never just driven off. I've never driven off. I got annoyed, I got agitated, I didn't understand it, but I never drove off. Why? Why I started to think, why have I, why have we never why have I never driven off? Despite how frustrated I got waiting, I didn't drive off one. It's paid for. It's paid for. The, the price has already been paid so if if i go away without it then then i've just devalued the price that was paid for it you leave and you try and do what God has called you to do without the power of the Holy Spirit. Without, you leave, you you miss the fact that Jesus paid for it. You don't earn it. You receive it through salvation. He's given, is given. He, he paid for it, don't leave. Don't leave. Don't let the price that was paid go to waste. There's more in the cross than we realize. It's not just, and I'm not watering down the gift of salvation, but the cross is not just about the other side of eternity. It's not just about where you will go when you die. The cross is about what you will do while you're alive that we could live an empowered life by the power of the Holy Spirit through the price that Jesus paid. I don't leave because it's paid for. You know the other reason? You know the other reason? Quickly, as I close, you know why else I don't go? Is because deep down I know that eventually it's gonna happen. You know, it might be a wait, but but I know that that little 12-year-old pimple-faced kid in the back flipping burgers at McDonald's, as slow as he is, eventually, eventually it's gonna come because this is what McDonald's does. This is, this is, cheeseburgers are what they do. This is, this is what they do. Listen, my challenge to us is I think sometimes we are putting more faith in McDonald's ability to do cheeseburgers than we put in our God to do miracles in our life. And while we will wait for McDonald's to produce because we know that they will do that eventually, we will check out on God because it didn't happen when we wanted it to happen. Let me tell you something. This is what He does. This is what He does. This is His, this is His niche. Breakthrough is what your God does. Miracles are what your God does. Empowering people by the Holy Spirit. This is what He does. Don't leave, don't disconnect. Stay right where you are. Get impatient, get frustrated. Do all of the swearing and cussing you need to do to get it all out of your system. But whatever you do, come hell or high water, please don't leave. Because it may not come when you want it to, but it will come. And lastly, I promise you, this is my last little thing. As I sat and I thought, why don't I leave McDonald's? You know why I don't leave? The third reason? Real simple. I'm hungry. I don't leave because I'm stinking hungry. I don't give up because I'm hungry. I don't let go because I'm hungry. I don't stop praying because I'm hungry. I don't stop preaching because I'm hungry. I don't stop worshipping because I'm hungry And do you know what we have lost? The Church of Jesus Christ has lost its hunger for the power and the presence of God. We lost it. You know why? Because things got too easy. Got too easy. And I'm not minimalizing genuine. Challenges that people here are walking through. But you go to some third world countries, you go to the underground church in China, you go to some of the churches in Africa, you go to churches in Iran where they're risking their life to show up on a Sunday. Why are these churches seeing outpourings of the Holy Spirit on mass scales? Why are they seeing miracles that that the Western church in Western cultures is not even, I'm not saying we don't see it, but let's be real, not on the scale and magnitude that these other countries do. You know why? They're just hungry. And what the enemy has done to the church is the enemy, as the church goes through moments where we cry out and we say, I'm hungry. You know what the enemy comes? The enemy comes to the church and says, here, You want a breakthrough? You're hungry for a miracle. How about a nice, pretty little Sunday service? Just and you know what it does? It pacifies our hunger. Pacifies our hunger. Says you want to move a God. The enemy says, you want a move of God? What about this one? What about just a nice song? What about a nice pretty song? Come on, here's a little song. That'll keep you going for a little bit. And we chew on that for a while. And then he just, little bit by little bit, he just, what about, what about we just, we just pack the church with lots of programs and events that really do diddly squat at the end of the day, but just entertain us while we continue to walk around screwed up, broken and bound. But as long as I can tick a box saying that I went to church and I was a part of this event, but I still walk away as bound as I was when I showed up, maybe that'll pacify the church enough And shut them up. And I know I'm coming in strong, but I'm setting you up because I do believe that this is a group that's making a decision to say, I'm not gonna suck on this passy that the enemy's been giving me day after day. Because the thing about a passy is you can chew it day after day, but it will never sustain or satisfy. Because this thing is gonna go either one of two ways. This is gonna go one of two ways. And I'll tell you this right now. This is what will happen in the church. You're either gonna get so sick of this that you will say, I'm not doing it. And then it'll throw you the next one. You say, I don't want that either. I've done that crap before. And I've been to that stupid thing. And I've done, none of It works. And I'm going to keep crying and keep screaming until God Almighty Himself shows up and gives me what I know only God can give me. I'm not going to let the enemy pacify me anymore. I'm going to dig deep into God's Word, led by and empowered by the Holy Spirit to get the breakthrough that I believe Jesus paid the price on the cross for for me to walk in. And I'm done playing games anymore. I need the real, authentic power of the Holy Spirit in my life. Listen, stand up and I'm going to close. It will do that. You will either do that or you know what will happen? The church will either spit it out or go to sleep. What are you going to do? Are you gonna spit it out? Or are you gonna go to sleep? I'm telling you, this is the strategy and the plan of the enemy for your life. And I refuse to be caught sleeping because there is too much that God has called us to do as the people of God and as the Church of Jesus Christ in this community for us to be caught sleeping. It's time to spit it out and say, I'm gonna cry out to God Almighty until I get my breakthrough and until He fills me so full that I am overflowing and I can start to walk in the purpose that God has for my life. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. To watch our latest message, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. To stay connected, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Free Chapel OC.